Okay, what we were going to be talking about today on Rumination Thursday is the whole concept of repentance. And I really picked this up yesterday when I was doing the CFW Walter item, that there is a difference of repentance between an unbeliever and a believer. An unbeliever, his repentance is one in which he totally dislikes God. And I've actually got a quote from Martin Luther here. Martin Luther was really trying to be obedient to God, to get on God's right side. And then he revealed, or he read in Romans 1.17, that the righteousness of God is revealed. And that really caused him to be distressed. And here's what he says. For this reason, I did not at all love this righteous and angry God, who punishes sinners. Rather, I hated him and was full of secret anger toward him. So what's really interesting is when an unbeliever hears the law, he hates God because God is demanding something from him that he knows he cannot reach. Whereas when a believer hears the law, he actually has joy in his heart because believing in God, he knows, as one person said, why do we often smile when we confess our sins? Because we know what's coming afterwards, and that's the absolution. So there's a big difference between the repentance of an unbeliever and the repentance of one who is a believer. Uh, What thoughts do you have on this, Wes? Well, very quickly, the unbeliever cannot love God. um, Only the law can terrify them. And once it comes to, to a knowledge, there's just as you say, they 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 uh, hate God, or they blame God, but uh, I think a lot of this is 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 due to the, the what we call the inner man, original sin. We are corrupted by sin. Yes, it's very clear that when somebody hears the law, the law has one goal. And that's to show you that you are a sinner. And unbelievers just really reject that message. And they're really afraid, too, a lot of times of God. The example I would use is Pentecost. When Mm. Peter says to the people at Pentecost that they have killed the Messiah, remember that phrase that is used, they were cut to the heart. Yes, they really were afraid of God and said, what shall we do? When they're at that point in repentance, when they have great fear of God, that's the time to tell them the gospel, which Peter does, namely be baptized and you will receive the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm. That, that's really quite a difference. 
The other thing that uh, Walter brought brought out in that lecture, I don't know if you've talked about it yesterday, was uh, worldly sorrow versus godly sorrow. Would you explain that? Yes, I can do better than that. That is from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10. And here's what it says, 7 verse 10. For godly sorrow produces repentance to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. And Walter explains that. He says, according to St. Paul, he interprets godly sorrow to mean a sorrow that had been awakened in the people um, by the power and command of God. But on the other hand, the sorrow of the world means a sorrow that arises from worldly causes, such as the fear of earthly punishment, the loss of personal honor, and evil conscience, and other causes that produce sorrow over some crime, even in heathens, and unregenerate persons. And if you take a look at the scripture, you remember the reason that, um, and this is found in the Gospel of John, why the individuals wanted to put Jesus to death. That's Mm. found in John 11, verse 53. Then from that day on, they plotted to put him to death. And the reason is, found in verse 48. And what was the reason? Do you recall? Well, he had, uh, they were afraid that people would come and believe in him because of the fact that he had raised Lazarus from the dead. Exactly. And verse 48 continues that, if we let Jesus alone like this, everyone will believe in him And the Romans will come and take away both our place and nation. That is not godly sorrow. That's worldly sorrow. And Mm. what we're looking for is godly sorrow. In fact, what do we do before we have the Lord's Supper each time? Well, we have confession of sins and absolution. Exactly. Uh, a lot of times when I did the matin service, uh, we do that every now and then, there is no confession of sins or, uh, therefore, the forgiveness of sins. And what I would do is prior, after the general prayer, I would then have them turn to the communion liturgy where they confess their sins, uh, receive the forgiveness of sins, and then go into the communion liturgy where they receive the body and blood of Christ. Because well, by that's then you, the kind of godly sorrow we're looking for. Right. By then you prepare their hearts through the sermon of, of law and gospel, wouldn't you say? Yes. And time and time again, that's the difference between an unbeliever's sorrow, which is often because of worldly problems that they're having. Uh, We find this also in John the Baptist. When Mm. he's preaching, many people end up coming uh, 
to be baptized. But then he also sees the Pharisees coming. This is in Matthew 3. And what does he say uh, to them? He says, uh, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming, brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance, and do not think to say in yourselves, we have Abraham as our father, for I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. So they heard the same message. Many of them were baptized, but the unbelievers, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they really hated John the baptizer, and of course they hated Jesus also. Right, that that kind of runs uh, with with a statement that Walter put in there that I, I thought was rather good, that only the gospel regenerates, the law cannot save. The unbeliever cannot love God because the law terrifies. And here's the thing, human condition reaches for the forbidden thoughts to toward himself. In yes. other words... Yeah, it's himself that he's more worried, concerned about than he is anything else. You know, we take a look at the first human beings, Adam and Eve, and Mm. they had proper repentance once they realized they had sinned. Remember what they did? They went and hid from God because they didn't love God. This is a huge point that the Reformation was talking about. Roman Catholic theology taught that you only have proper repentance when it comes out of love. But as the Reformers taught, then you would be saved if you loved God, because apart from faith, you can't love God. So the proper Mm. repentance is one where you hate God, where you try to get rid of God, you hide from God, etc., that's because you're afraid of God, and that's when the gospel needs to be preached. Now, what do you do with a statement like, I'll be back when I'm getting my life in order and I get everything together, then I'll come come to church? Yes. Yeah, you've had delinquents who'll say that, that I'm not appropriate. Why won't they come to church because they feel so guilty when they hear things that they should not be doing that they love to be doing. So they Mm -hmm. really have also a hatred of God. In fact, I would say the nuns of our day, and you know what I mean by that. N-O-N-E-S. Yes. Those who have left the church, many times they leave the church because they hear the Word of God preached properly and they hate this God. And that was really what their kind of repentance is. They don't want to be around a God who is telling them what to do. And therefore, they use excuses why they are sinning. They even say that God uh, had me be born this way, etc. But they refuse to take uh, personal 
understanding that they're the ones responsible for their sin. Right, and, and Walter makes that big distinction that you know, we're received by Christ just as as you are. You know, it isn't something magical that, that we've gone through, but to, to recognize our sinfulness and to, through godly sorrow and uh, receive receive that forgiveness of God. And that's important. We receive, not something we've done. Yes. This is a real interesting situation where you and I have had many people come in our offices and they're very sorrowful over some sin they have done. Now, I always listen carefully. If they're sorrowful because they don't think God loves them anymore and that he's going to send them to hell, that's the time that you want to share with them the gospel message because that's the good news in a bad situation. And well said. I think that's this, and that's the point that uh, Walter makes in this, in this thesis. Absolutely. Well, we're sorry we had a shortened version. Uh, we're going to try and find out why my main microphone wasn't working. We'll figure that out for tomorrow. Mm. When we'll be listening to Open Mic Friday as I respond to letters and emails that I've received. I'm Tom Baker, and co-host is Wes Reinitz for Rumination Thursday. Uh, join me tomorrow. Listen God to bless you. Morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.